0: Our scripture this morning is from Mark, the first chapter, and preceding the scripture, John the Baptist has come and is preparing the way in the wilderness for the coming of the kingdom, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is come near. Repent for your sins as he stands in the Jordan River and baptizes and people come out into the wilderness to be to repent, to turn and to be baptized. We begin our passage in verse nine here now, the word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the voice of God speaking over him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Delight of my life. At once, the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals And the angels attended to him. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. The scripture passage we look at this morning is a big turning point in the life of Jesus. And we will focus on this turning point in our lives. Turning points are big changes in things. Times in our lives when we can look back and see how things have shifted. Data points in the story of the narrative of who we are and how we got here. How we became who we are today. Sometimes big events that we expect and anticipate, like births, first steps, first words. The beginning of school, starting new jobs, graduations, weddings. Big days in our faith, like baptisms or confirmation or coming to know God in a personal way. Turning points are changes in our life that never leave us the same. Some are seemingly insignificant at the time. They can happen on a normal day as we wake up in our normal routine. And then something shifts. We meet someone new that has a big impact in our life. An interaction with a mentor that leads to advice to a decision that leads to a new path will never be the same. Maybe we meet someone that becomes an influential friend or even a spouse. These turning points are the moments in our life that when we look back on this story, we see we are never the same again. Things have shifted, whether we realize it or not. And these help tell the story of our lives. This moment in our passage this morning is a turning point in Jesus' life. If you look at the big stages in his life, we start with Jesus being born in a manger. We see him fleeing to Egypt with his family to avoid the terror of Herod. We see him growing up in Nazareth. He's on the scene again at 12 through the scriptures. We see him teaching the teachers of the law in the temple, an amazing thing. And then we pick him up again at the age of 30 here in the Jordan River. Being baptized. Then he turns to his ministry. And we can think of many turning points. Big events. Calling the disciples. Walking on water. Feeding the 5,000. Numerous healings. Then at 33. Crucifixion. Resurrection. Ascension. And I would include Pentecost. The passage we look at this morning is a huge turning point. In Jesus' life. But not just in Jesus's life alone. What's going on here at the Jordan River is a cosmic shift in the entire world for God's people and for all of creation. This is a turning point in the overall narrative of God in his life as he reaches out to us. Go back to me to the beginning in Genesis 1 and 2, where God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. And then Genesis 3 With Adam and Eve in the fall. And the separation for the first time from God and us. Think of Noah and the ark as God wipes out most of creation. And if we think of God's people, our interaction with God, we think of Moses receiving the law at Mount Sinai. God establishing his covenant with us, his people. And then Jesus coming onto the scene this incarnational reality, this desire of God to connect with us His people, coming to the earth to be with us, to bridge this connection between God and his people. And then today, in the Jordan River with John the Baptist, Jesus is baptized and things shift and the world will never be the same. This is a shift not just in Jesus' life, but in all of our lives. This is a turning point in this scripture that changes everything. First of all, we see in the scripture Jesus comes to be baptized by John, a way prepared, spoken about in scripture, preparing the way for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. Jesus submits to John a huge act. God himself from the right hand of the Father, now submitting to be baptized by a man. And what do we see? God's own voice from heaven spoken over Jesus. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is identified by God himself. If there was any question about who Jesus was, God clears it up for us very quickly. This is my very Son, God says over Jesus. And then the spirit comes down, descends over Jesus, hovers over him like a dove. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all present. God, three persons in one. The Trinity all at work here. God is revealing more of himself to us. Not just through Jesus, but through his very presence, his spoken word and the presence of his spirit. And his spirit does not leave Jesus the same he is changed he goes into the world immediately driven into the desert and then his life is radically different now marked with miracles that no one can explain but other than the power of god jesus is filled with god's spirit and the world will never be the same he turns after this series he turns to be on his mission we see in this scripture that heaven is torn open. But the very essence of God's being where God rests and abides is opened up for the world to see. And that distinction, that separation that we saw in Genesis three from the fall is now torn. And now heaven seeps through and we see Jesus turn to his ministry and begin this mission of partnering with God in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth by making disciples. This, the very mission of God that he invites each and every one of us to, that he embarks on for the next three years and then passes on to his his disciples who pass on to us. In the Jordan River this morning, we see everything at work of the mission of God. We turn this semester to dig deeper into this mission of God. It is nothing new. It's over thousands of years old. It's nothing new for our church. We've been on this mission for over 100 years. But God is refocusing us more specifically and more particularly on this mission. And as David has articulated, we will be spending a lot of time focusing on God's mission and what that looks like for us. David has highlighted for us five attributes of a disciple of Christ. If you'll remember the sermon, it spells out the word stars, S-T-A-R-S. And these attributes are the values of our very lives and our community as a church. And I would suggest even the overall body of Christ. So this morning, as we look and reexamine these five attributes, I... Invites you to be aware that this is not a passing focus. This will be the mission not only of our lives, but of this church, likely for eternity. So let us turn now to see the attributes of a disciple present in this scripture. We begin first with S, sonship, identity. As we've focused more and more on these core attributes of a disciple, we find that we have to begin here. With the reality of who God is and who God says we are. It affects everything we do in life and shapes how we live, how we make decisions and why we do things. We see present in the scripture this morning that God is saying this over his son and then over us. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God is our loving heavenly father. And we are his beloved children. This is the core of who we are and will shape so much of how we make decisions, of who we are called to be and how we are called to live. Of how we function in this world. So we begin there with identity as God's beloved children, S for sonship. The second attribute of a disciple is T, text, the scriptures, the holy scriptures, the Bible, the word of God, the The Old and New Testaments. This is a gift of God given to us to guide us in our lives. But as we know from Jesus, we're called not only to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Jesus says you eagerly search the scriptures because you seek to live by them. Yet these scriptures declare of me and you refuse to come to me. Your hearts are far from me. As one of my friends like to say. The scripture is about a love letter written by God to us. Jesus, the word main flesh, came to embody and fulfill the very words of scripture and invites us to follow him in doing the same. We are people that not only know the text, but embody the text. So that's the second attribute. The third attribute is A for action. We are a people called to action. The love of God is an invitation to always come and follow him. Jesus does not say to his disciples, you are my disciples. If you agree with me, if you mentally assent to these precepts that I have laid out, he says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. The call of God, the love of God, the invitation of God is a call to action. It is a response with our very lives. So the third attribute of a disciple is action. Fourth is R for relationship. Community. What God calls family. As God identifies us as his beloved sons and daughters. As heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. He lays out through the text how we are called to live in this relationship with him. It is a connection of us to God and us to one another. Think of The the Shema we recite every week. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. The call of God is to a radical new community with him and with one another. And all that community begins with God. We see it present in this scripture. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, the Trinity, relationship itself, our God Is relationship and he invites us to be a part of that relationship. And he doesn't stay distant from us. He sends his son and his very spirit to be with us. So fourth is R for relationship, for community, for family. And then last but not least, number five is S for spirit, the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit comes down and hovers upon Jesus, descends on him. Jesus is changed. He's driven into the desert. He begins performing miracles. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus says to his disciples, it's better that I leave you. It's better that I leave your very presence so that I can go to the Father and pour out my very spirit upon you. And then we see this fulfilled in Pentecost. When the church is radically changed. And the scripture says, God pours out his spirit upon all flesh. But it doesn't stop there. We see this continue through the book of Acts and through the New Testament. God is constantly pouring out his spirit on us because he desires to connect with us. Sending his son to physically be present wasn't enough. He wants an intimate, personal relationship with us. Paul reminds us we are the very temple of God's presence. God wants to dwell within us. We are people that are filled and led by the spirit. And Paul reminds us, it is God's spirit that testifies to our spirit that we are his beloved children. This connection of God is impossible without his spirit dwelling within us. It's offered to us as a gift. It radically changes who we are. These are the five attributes of a disciple. These are the core Factors of life that God has called us to focus on as a community, as a people, as individuals, to guide our lives in how we will live in partnering with God in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth by making disciples. These will become the guideposts of our lives, the very foundation upon which we live. And for many of us, these are very familiar things, and that is wonderful. As I said before, this is not a new mission. This is just a refocusing of how we approach God in following him on this, our mission. This spring, we will dive deeper and deeper into this mission and these five core values as we seek what it means to live in God's mission. But I invite you to consider that this is not just something for the spring. This is something that we will embark on for the rest of our lives. And I'd like to suggest to you that we will likely look back on this refocusing as a turning point in our lives of our community when we look back and see that nothing is ever the same after this. Amen.